This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM. The fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Time for another edition of Curd and Long. I thought I was going to have Ryan Horvath uh, here today, Wednesday, but I forgot he was hosting You Better You Bet uh, for Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, so uh, he can't do it today. I think he'll be back on Friday and also uh, coming up on Friday, and I'm I'm looking forward to this. I got to tell you because this dude here coming up on Friday show with Ryan and I uh, used to be on our show all the time on the big show. Joe Shasky uh, from the game in San Francisco uh, will be on the podcast coming up on Friday to talk about Packers and Niners. So looking forward uh, to having him on the show. Uh, all right, so since it's me solo, it's you and me. Uh, obviously not streaming this bad boy, as I've said before, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. All the other ones are there, though, if you want to check that out. You can also download um, the podcast on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast app. I want to first start off talking about a little bit about what Matt LaFleur had to say in his Wednesday presser. I was waiting to record this uh, until that presser was done. And LaFleur brought up something that, obviously, I guess I didn't realize, and I don't know if the beat reporters realize it. I don't think I've seen anybody write about it Um and I'm sure they will now, uh, but he brought up the fact that they've done more live reps, um, more live plays and so forth this year um, than they've done in any year since he's been a head coach of the Green Bay Packers, uh, and meaning that the practices are longer, they're doing you know more practicing of, of plays and so forth. And he said, maybe that's the reason why you've seen such improvement throughout the year uh, with this football team, because they're practicing more than they've ever practiced. And you know, it gets you thinking about, okay, so previously it was Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of veterans uh, that were learning his offense, obviously, uh, but at the same time, they're vets, right? So uh, you're probably not going to want to overwork a vet, um, probably definitely not going to want to overwork the superstar MVP caliber quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who I'm sure in his mind doesn't need to practice because he's great. Uh, so you probably don't get that necessarily. Uh, so you kind of got to pull back the reins um, and kind of go by kind of what they want to do to a certain degree. When you're a first-year head coach that has no resume whatsoever other than being an assistant in the NFL, you bow down to uh, you know the vets on the team. And obviously it worked, right? 13-3, and 13-3, and 13-3, uh, conference championship game, so forth. They lost. Uh, but either way, 
very, very successful up until that last season with Aaron Rodgers when they missed uh, the playoffs, uh, played at a high level. Now, when you're Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff, now you get a bunch of young dudes who don't know any different, right? Uh, the first and second year guys haven't really been in. Well, the first year guys haven't been in the league at all. The second year guys kind of know what it was like last year, but face facts. I mean, that wasn't exactly uh, a relationship that wasn't rocky at times uh, with those young receivers having to deal with Aaron Rodgers uh, throughout the course of the season. So now you have the opportunity uh, to get some actual playing time on Sunday uh, and you can earn it on the practice field. And, and look at a guy like Bo Melton, right? Who'd been sitting over there in that practice squad and finally earned his way up. And he earned his way up because of what he was doing on scout team uh, with Sean Clifford, the backup quarterback. That's how he got activated on a Sunday because he impressed him enough to give them, give him a shot. That's the type of stuff that for me, at least I love to hear that type of stuff. Like I, I just, I just love it because that's what you want. You, you want it to be a situation where if I work hard and I bust my butt and if I'm talented, I can get a shot to play on a on a given Sunday as long as you know I do things the right way and go about my business. And I think that's a great model uh, for success as well. Uh, really putting a spotlight on how important practice is uh, for this football team week to week. And in a weird way, you know, it probably gets guys to push a little bit harder when you see examples uh, of guys that weren't playing that all of a sudden are playing now because of what was happening in practice. So. I like that. The interesting thing in all of this will be, you know, will we see this same type of practice schedule next year uh, when these guys now have had a full season? Will he continue to do this next year with the same group? I think there might be some uh, thought to the idea of, well, okay, they know what they're doing now. They all understand maybe how to read defenses and, uh, you know, checks and all this other stuff. So, Maybe we don't have to have as long of practices. Maybe we don't have to have as many live reps next year uh, like we did this year because they all have that experience now in this offense that clearly was clicking at the end of the year. So, you know, we can pull back a little. I think that probably enters into the conversation uh, would be my guess as you head into next season. Uh, My thought on this, regardless of what happens, I want to clarify this. So let's say the Packers beat the Niners, beat the Bucs or the Lions. They go and they win the Super Bowl. They win the whole thing. They're champions. They're the best. My opinion will not change on what I'm about to say, regardless of what happens. Regardless if they lose to San Francisco and they're out, or if they go win the Super Bowl, my opinion does not change. I think, still and yet, next year, your practice schedule is the exact same uh, that it was this year. You try and run as many practice reps as you did uh, this year, next season. The same way. You do the same thing. Uh, Because, again... Well, yes, they're starting to become a little bit more polished. None of these dudes at tight end or wide receiver, none of them, right, are finished products, right? Randall Cobb has been a finished product for a while. Alan Lazard has been a finished product for a while. Devontae Adams, I think, has been a finished product for a while. As Gary Ellerson always used to say, you know, some guys are just who they are, and you're not going to get them probably much better than what they are. They've kind of reached their ceiling, and this is it. I don't think that's necessarily the case for the Green Bay Packers on offense. I don't think we really know what the ceiling for Luke Musgrave is at this point. I think everybody underprojected what Kraft was, uh, and God only knows how good he can be next year. Dontavian Wicks, I don't think anybody was talking about Devontae Adams comparisons and all this other stuff necessarily coming into the year. Um, so I think we still have to see what his ceiling looks like. I still don't know about Romeo Dobbs. He had a big week this last week. 
but but going into that game, I think if you made a, a, a stack of wide receivers, like a depth chart of like who's the best to the be, uh, to the to the bottom, Dobbs, Ryan Horvath, and I did think did this, and I did this a couple of weeks ago. I think Dobbs was like four or five when we went through uh, and built that list, and then he has a huge week. So uh, Christian Watson, there's no way he's polished. He can't stay on the football field for an entire season. Uh, so he definitely still needs the reps uh, when healthy. That's why I say I think you continue to go about this aggressively from a practice standpoint like you did this year, next year. The other part about this is is you may have a rookie offensive lineman or two uh, on that offensive line to kind of deal with next year that also probably are going to need the reps moving forward. And you want Lucas Van Ness to get as many reps uh, next year as possible. Uh, or maybe another edge rusher, you know, uh, with Engelbari now done for the year, that probably means he's probably going to miss, I would have guessed, uh, some of next year uh, as well. Because now that's usually a nine or ten month uh, injury. So that puts him back somewhere uh, in the area of you know late September, mid-October, if everything is perfect coming off of that ACL injury. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but that means a lot of these other guys, and I'm assuming they'll draft another edge rusher, uh, we'll get some bonus reps uh, in training camp and in the regular in preseason, going into the regular season until Angabare is back. Uh, so you want to get them reps. The offensive line, I keep seeing people saying, wow, well, they're not going to draft offensive line. Guys, huh. I mean, Adam Stenovich said Rasheed Walker pretty much is a long way from being the everyday left tackle going forward on this team. Like, he still has a bunch of stuff he has to improve on before Adam Stenovich, offensive coordinator, feels comfortable saying, yep, he's our guy for 10 years. You have David Bakhtiari coming back, but you're you're going to, I think the mock draft where they have them right now, I think the Packers are, what, 25 or something like that uh, as we sit going into this game. So there's going to be an offensive tackle or two, probably, sitting there at the end of the first round. There's definitely going to be guards, offensive guards, at the end of the first round. Uh, There's probably going to be a cornerback or two or three uh, that might be considered uh, there at the end of the first round. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this Packers team, you know, maybe goes uh, cornerback in the first round and then comes back and takes an offensive tackle in the second round. And maybe they take a safety in the second round. They come back and they take a guard in the third round. And then they come back maybe uh, and take another cornerback in the third round or something along those lines, some type of mix there. But I I totally expect them to draft at least two offensive linemen in the first three rounds of the draft coming up in April. And maybe, look, if you take a, a, a offensive lineman in the second round, I think the assumption is that person is going to come in and start. And as I've been noodling this, leading up to this Niners game, as far as what this offensive line could look like uh, going into next year, obviously I think John Runyon is gone. Uh, and then your decision has to be Zach Tom, who's played really, really well at right tackle. Do you leave him there? Do you move him into guard and start a rookie uh, at the right tackle position? Uh, or... Is Bakhtiari your left tackle and Rasheed Walker slides over to the right side and Zach Tom slides into guard? Does Zach Tom slide into center and you move Josh Myers or don't bring Josh Myers back? Um, and Zach Tom is your starting center. Uh, and then Sean Ryan is your right guard. They, they just have a lot of options. And while this offensive line is playing really, really well right now, especially the pass blocking, and they're getting better at run blocking, obviously, uh, I just, me personally, I don't feel like I am... 1,000% sold that this offensive line is going to block for Jordan Love for the next 5 to 10 years. I still think there is room for improvement, especially if David Bakhtiari uh, isn't a part of the future of this organization kind of going forward. I don't f- still feel comfortable with Rasheed Walker necessarily uh, at left tackle. So 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that a rookie or two may be on this offensive line next year uh, in week one. Have to wait and see how that all plays out. But uh, a very critical piece of how good this offense can be is that offensive line, as Matt LaFleur pointed out in the press conference, as far as, listen, he can throw the ball if he's on his back. Y'all got to protect him. And they have. They did a hell of a job uh, this last week against Dallas, and it gets tougher this week against the San Francisco 49ers for certain. All right, let's take a quick time up. Come back on the other side. Uh, and, of course, still much, much more to get into. A, a lot of talk uh, about Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, and that's been ongoing. But I saw a video that really got me thinking about something. I'll tell you what that is. Coming up next here on Curtin Long, don't forget, download it on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. And, of course, you can also check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Like, subscribe, follow, hit that bell for notifications. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, the Fan, Curd, and Long podcast. Uh, and again, thanks for tuning in. Ryan Horvath of BetMGM Tonight, who's normally with me, uh, filling in for uh, Nick Costos and Ken Barkley uh, today And You Better You Bet, BetQL Radio. Uh, so he is not here today. Hoping to have him back on Friday. We'll have Joe Shasky with us on Friday as well from the game in San Francisco. Can't wait to talk to him. Uh, remember, he is the one that called Trey Lance the, the, the uh, Black John Elway, remember, if that was his fame when he was on the big show when he made that comparison. And Gary, Leroy, Butler, myself all lost our minds. Super cool dude. Uh, and I've already harassed him about that since that Trey Lance deal happened. So we won't bring that up again, I don't think. Uh, but we will talk about Packers, Niners coming up on Friday during that podcast. He's all locked in to record. And of course, these podcasts always drop Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 5 p.m. Central or right there before 5 p.m. Central. All right, so uh, there has been um, some rumblings throughout the year as far as, you know, Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan Love stats and so forth. But there was a video uh, that got tweeted out uh, by Big B, Big Packers 4X. Um, and it was a video that I believe was uh, something Andy Herman posted at some time because Andy Herman from the Pack a Day podcast uh, responded with, ah, that looks, that video looks familiar. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it's an Andy Herman video that he took and, and used as his post. Uh, but the tweet was, and this tweet was on Tuesday, uh, was someone sent this in a group chat I'm in. Jordan Love throws that ball 10 out of 10 times. I love Aaron, but I'm so happy we moved on. Just makes me cringe watching this uh, again. And it's interesting because what happens is they're playing uh, the Lions, um, and he's got a receiver that's breaking across the middle of the field, and instead he throws a very inaccurate ball uh, to the left over a receiver's head. It wasn't even close. Um, or wide of the receiver. 
Uh, and the guy that was breaking across the middle would have had it and may have scored had Rodgers thrown the ball to him instead. And it, it gets you to thinking along the lines of, listen, if Matt LaFleur is scheming these young guys open the way he is consistently, and Jordan Love is consistently finding these guys game to game here, you're telling me that he wasn't scheming guys wide open for Aaron Rodgers, who had Devontae Adams, who consistently drew double coverage? Now, that's not to say that Christian Watson wasn't drawing multiple players uh, this week against Dallas. He was. He was drawing multiple guys running with him, right? Because I think the outside perspective is, hey, man, Christian Watson's his dude. Uh, we got to make sure to take him away. And they may be dudes, no question. But I don't think it's to the point, at least not right now, uh, as far as him having to force the ball to Christian Watson. I think there was a game earlier this year where that did appear to be the situation, and then Watson got hurt again, uh, and now he's formed all these new trusts with all these receivers. So I don't think that's necessarily uh, the case anymore. But how many games, if we went back and played that, where if he just, Rodgers that is, you know, throws to the open guy, hits the open guy, how many more games do they win? How much better is the record? How much farther could they have gone versus whatever it was that he was doing back there, which was playing off script? And you take it a step further, Joey Bosa uh, came out and he was talking about this stuff uh, concerning the one and only Aaron Rodgers as well. Or not Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. And says, uh, the Packers have, quote, a quarterback who does exactly what he's coached to do. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer and unbelievable, but he kind of went outside of the realm of coaching, and sometimes it's good when you have a guy who does what he's coached to do, says Nick Bosa. I'm telling you right now, maybe Nick Bosa came up with that on his own. Maybe he did. But my guess is this is something that's being preached to the San Francisco 49ers about dealing with Jordan Love in this offense right now. And that is coming, I can all but guarantee you, from Kyle Shanahan, who's watching the film and everything else. Did you see what Shanahan said about watching film? Shanahan said at this, at halftime of this game of the Packers and the Cowboys, when it was 27-0, they started studying tape and getting a game plan ready for the Packers. Because they pretty much said Cowboys are done. So they just jumped in and started working on the Packers stuff right away at halftime and said, this is over, let's move on and get ready for Green Bay. So then you had, who was it, Fred Warner, I think it was, uh, also came out and said that uh, he thought, let me see if I can find it, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Fred Warner. Fred Warner said, uh, the linebacker for the Niners, Jordan Love played the game of his life in his playoff debut. He's been phenomenal down the stretch. It's going to be a huge test for us this weekend. I'm not taking the Packers lightly. The Cowboys must have taken the Packers lightly. We're going to have to put together a great week of preparation. I said from the start, whoever got to come into Levi's, bring them on. It's going to be such an electric atmosphere, such a fun atmosphere to be a part of. It's going to be one for the ages. Um, and that is from, I believe, his podcast. Uh, what is it? The Warner House. Uh, so it's something that the San Francisco 49ers are pretty much telling everybody that'll listen that this is not the same same offense, necessarily, the same guy that we've been facing previously. And I also think, if you're Kyle Shanahan, I don't think 
that he looks at Mike McCarthy and gets worried about being outcoached. I don't. I don't think he gets concerned about it in the least bit. Now, you can say, well, you think he was worried about getting outcoached by Matt LaFleur? Well, I mean, maybe he wasn't worried about getting outcoached by Matt LaFleur because uh, 12 was the quarterback, and maybe these guys knew that, hey, look, he's going to go off script. Sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's going to cost him plays when they got guys wide open, but we have a good idea of who he likes to circle in on in different games, normally Devontae. Um, and if we take that away, it's going to make life harder on Rodgers. Now you have Jordan Love, and I think Shanahan is realizing that this is not the same thing. This here, this is a guy playing at a high level, making some crazy throws. They got people shaking their heads like, holy crap, just how good is this kid? But not only is he doing that, but he's hitting the guys that are open. Not kind of open, wide open. The average Packer wide receiver in this last game was open by over five yards. By over five yards away from the nearest defender. You want to talk about wide open? That's wide freaking open when the nearest defender is five yards. Think about that. That's crazy. Now, having said all of that, if you're the Green Bay Packers right now, and you're looking at this matchup against the San Francisco 49ers, LaFleur and Joe Barry, they face this offense. They they know what this is. They face Debo. They face McCaffrey. They faced all these dudes. So they know what they got. They know what they got themselves in store for. I, I, I am really interested in seeing what the defensive game plan is going to be going into this game. As I said before, this is kind of like playing a mirror of yourself to a certain degree because Shanahan, Lafleur, boys—they coach together, all that stuff. Uh, so a lot of the same principles and concepts and and so forth. So it'll be fun to see, you know, which defense gets a better idea of how to stop the other offense. But make no mistake, you have to stop Christian McCaffrey from running the football if you're going to win the football game. That's it. Like Debo Samuel does not concern me nearly as much as having to deal with Christian McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk, nice player, not worried. I'm more worried about Christian McCaffrey killing the Packers out of the backfield. That has to be the number one objective. And if Purdy beats you with his arm, then Purdy beats you with his arm. But you cannot allow Christian McCaffrey to run for a buck fifty and catch another 75 yards out of the backfield because you will get absolutely torched if that happens. And taking a step further, this Packers team has done very well at time of possession here the last four weeks, right, uh, in controlling time of possession because they control the clock by the, as far as how much they're running it, passing it, all that stuff. They control the clock. The Niners are very capable of doing the exact same thing, controlling the clock, having long, sustained drives. You may not have as many possessions in this game because both of these offenses, once they get going and moving the football, are just draining the clock uh, in each quarter. That's another reason why it's critical to not only stop McCaffrey, but get your butt off the field in third and long situations. You know, you can't get into a habit in this football game of watching them convert third and eight. Third and nine, third and 12. That, that can't happen. When, when you're in third and long, you have to get off the football field. You can't let them convert plays they shouldn't because they're going to be in plenty of third and twos, third and threes. Okay, well, you know what? That's going to happen. You're gonna, they're going to convert those. Most teams are going to convert short, short down and distance. You can't allow them to convert third and long situations. And if you can get yourself off the field in those situations, get a couple of punts in this game, um, and let that Packer offense cook maybe one more time, 
Uh, that would be a beautiful thing. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. I'm not a gambler. Said that before. So I, I did see something, though, that I'm kind of uh, surprised by concerning gambling and this Packer Niners game, like the money aspect of like where people are betting and so forth. I'll tell you about that coming up next here on Curtin Long. Download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at check us out on the uh, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Of course, uh, you can do that by following, liking, subscribing, hitting that bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. Back after this. Hey, it's Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan. One more segment here on Curd and Long. Ryan Horvath of BetMGM Tonight will be back on Friday, along with Joe Shasky from the game in San Francisco. He'll give us uh, his Niners perspective. And if you know anything about Joe Shasky, you know uh, he is not shy. He is not bashful. Uh, he gets uh, cocky about his teams when they're playing really well. I'm sure he'll be cocky about the Niners coming into this one, too. Uh, so it should be a, for a fun listen with Ryan, myself, and Joe coming up on Friday's podcast. All podcasts drop Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays uh, just before 5 p.m. Central Time. Some fun numbers before we get to the betting angle uh, of this whole deal. Jordan Love is one of four players that have at least 10 games in a season with multiple passing touchdowns and no interceptions. Since he was drafted in 2020, now this does include the playoffs. The others are Aaron Rodgers in 20 and 21, Brady in 20, Mahomes in 20. Rodgers won the MVP in both those years. Brady and Mahomes met in the Super Bowl when they each did it uh, in 2020. That gives you an idea of just how well Jordan Love is playing at this point. He's playing at a whole different level. Then you've got pro football focus. The Packers had the highest graded quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and offensive tackle, Zach Tom, in wildcard weekend of all the teams that played, they graded out the highest at each position with their own individual players uh, last week against the Dallas Cowboys. It really is something as far as how good this Packers team is playing. Then there's Lombardi Av, who quote tweeted something from David Bakhtiari from November 14th of 2023. Bakhtiari uh, tweeted out November 8th, 2023. Remember that date. Now, I have no idea. No clue what the hell he was talking about. I have no idea. So I'm not going to sit here and act like this was a Packer tweet or this was something about his personal life or something in politics. I don't know what he was talking about. But Lombardi Avenue took that tweet and said, "Mm, let's just say he was talking about the Packers. Jordan Love before November 8th of 2023. 12 touchdowns, 8 picks, 81.9 rating. Jordan Love after November 8th, 23 touchdowns, 3 picks, 107.6 rating. So if that was a Packer-related tweet by Bakhtiari, uh, he looks absolutely brilliant. I saw another one, another video online from Matt Harmon, who's a football writer and analyst for Yahoo Sports uh, and Yahoo Fantasy. He has a video up, uh, and they're talking about, can you come up with 10 quarterbacks that you'd rather have heading into next season outside of Jordan Love? And they make the case that you you might be able to only come up with four or five quarterbacks you'd rather have than maybe Jordan Love heading into next season. That uh, is pretty crazy. Something else I came across, Undisputed, that TV show uh, with Skip Bayless, whose ratings apparently aren't very good right now. Uh, But Michael Irvin, Richard Sherman on there. Michael Irvin said that he thinks that Jordan Love may have a better career than Aaron Rodgers because Brett Favre won one Super Bowl, Rodgers won one Super Bowl, and he pretty much guaranteed the Packers will win at least one Super Bowl with Jordan Love in this offense. And he thinks there's a possibility they can win multiple. And Irvin also said, even though, you know, maybe he doesn't win three or four MVPs, 
right? But maybe he has one MVP, but he has two Super Bowl rings. In Urban's mind, that means he has a better career than Aaron Rodgers. Does that happen? Don't know, but that is something. Mark Eckel, here's another one. Uh, he used to uh, cover, uh, he has covered, I should say, he's not used to, a beat writer for the Eagles. And he tweets out, before the 2020 NFL draft, everyone had Jordan Love ahead of Jalen Hurts. And then he puts dot, 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 everyone was right. That's crazy. That's crazy. Jalen Hurts was one of these guys, oh man, he's going to be the guy to lead the Eagles forever. One season later, after his offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, leaves to go coach the Colts and takes Gardner Minshew and the Colts to the playoffs, or right there on the verge of the playoffs, you then have that guy over there uh, in Jalen Hurts kind of self-destruct uh, in Philadelphia and not be the same player. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And again, Steichen did a great job in Indianapolis taking that team uh, right there uh, to the playoffs. All right, uh, now... I want to talk about this betting thing that I mentioned before. Under Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, this is from Yahoo Sports. Under Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers are 16-2 and straight up in all games when favored by at least nine points. Now, the opening line in this bad boy was 10 points, okay? Now, the odds are, of course, via BetMGM. 86% right now, and the, the number is down to 9.5 for the Packers, or 9.5 for the Niners. 86% of bets are on the Packers to upset the 49ers at BetMGM. 86%? What? <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, I, I've watched the Packers all year long. I've seen the progression of all of that. But if you're telling me 86% of people think that the Packers are going to beat the 49ers, that means a couple of things. That means, one, everybody's all in on Jordan Love in this offense. That means, two, people are buying that Joe Barry's defense is fixed uh, and is a pretty good defense based on what they've seen the last few weeks and can slow down San Francisco. And three, and I think three is really the biggest factor, even more so than one and even more so than two. Three is they don't believe Brock Purdy. They don't believe in the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers that he can get it done against the Green Bay Packers. You know what I've seen a lot of? I've seen a lot of, boy, look at the the Niners' losses this year. Purdy threw a pick in that game. Purdy threw two picks in that game. Threw four against the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, well, a couple of those were batted balls. Uh, In three of the four losses, I think he didn't have Debo Samuel or Trent Williams as left tackle. Uh, So they weren't fully healthy. Now, I know. I, we don't want to hear about excuses, Sparky. Packers have been hurt all year. I get it. I'm with you. I understand. I'm just saying. So I, I'm not one to sit here and question whether or not Brock Purdy can play. I think Brock Purdy's run last year proved Brock Purdy can play. And I think a lot of the times this year, uh, when he's got everybody around him, Brock Purdy looks pretty damn good to me. Now, might he throw a pick? Nah, I guess. Sure, maybe. But I'm not. I'm not at the point of saying, yeah, no, I, Packers are going to win this. Pete Prisco at CBS Sports made his prediction for this game at CBSSports.com, and he's got the Packers winning. I think it was 33-31 to over San Francisco in a shootout. Now that is something I want to talk about with Chasky uh, and Ryan Horvat coming up on Friday, which is if this game is going to be a shootout, who does it favor? And if this game ends up being a low-scoring game, which I don't think is possible, but if this ends up being a low-scoring game, who does it favor? 
And are those two teams different based on who are favorited, you know, in the shootout versus the low-scoring game? We'll talk about all that coming up on Friday. Confident, concerned, curious, like always. Again, Joe Shasky will join us from the game in San Francisco. I will make our predictions for uh, the game as well. Thanks so much for tuning into a solo edition with just me, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, with you. Again, follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio if you'd like. Uh, uh, and again, Curtin Long, man. Always a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody for listening. And uh, we'll do this again on Friday. Make sure to tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, follow us on the Odyssey app or on whatever uh, podcast platform you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever the case may be. And, of course, Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Like, follow, subscribe. Hit the bell for your notifications. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles!